Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We've done it. We've made it. This is the last episode of 2020. Nerbomber Technic, preemptive Happy New Year to the both of you. What are you hoping for in 2021? Honestly, what what aren't I? Am I? What am I you <laughs> hoping hoping for? No, this is good. I'm definitely I'm hoping for literally everything. I just want a sense of normalcy. That's all I want. What before you answer Technic, I will say I'm hoping for proper grammar from my podcast co-host. <laughs> uh, that's the best thing I could get from 2021. But Tactic, what are you what are you in for? What are you what are you excited about in 2021? Going to the hardware store slash grocery store places. Honestly, slash anywhere that's back not places. required like that I could just stop by and not worry about it and just get not need delivery. And I really feel for UPS, FedEx, USPS, the whole nine, because mm-hmm. my goodness gracious, have I taken the delivery option every time. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about FedEx a little later, actually. Uh, yeah, sh- that's a good point. Shout out to all the postal workers, UPS workers, FedEx workers, uh, truly doing the most important work. Well, not the most important work, but some of the most important work this time of year. So we thank you. Yeah, I think in 2021... Like, you know, whenever this whole thing blows over, let's let's optimistically say summer 2021. I'm just going to get up some weekend morning. I'm going to turn to my girlfriend and say, I'm going to Target. She's going to say, what are you going there for? I'm going to be like, no reason. Just to be there. Just, just to go to and walk around. Yeah, just browsing. Remember when you could just be in a store and just be browsing for... I, I would just go to electronics sections and... Touch everything. And, no, touch everything, lick everything, cough on <laughs> everything. I mean, there's no intent of buying anything, but like in like bookstores are good. And granted, bookstores are kind of going oh, the way I of the dodo, bookstores. but like, yeah, just I go to a Barnes that. and Noble. Yeah. Like what happened to Borders? Borders is gone, I think, but Barnes and Noble's still around. You can go to Barnes and Noble. You can go to a local bookstore and just peruse the wares. That's, that's going to be a big thing in 2021. My favorite Barnes and Noble experiences are when you go in with absolutely no reason. You're not planning on buying anything. And Tactic and I used to do this quite often, like when we would find ourselves with nothing to do on like a Friday night because we're, you know, super cool, super popular people. And we'd go into Barnes and Noble's and they have the Starbucks in there and we would just get a nice little drink and you know, peruse books and just sit there and talk and show each other books that we found, occasionally walk away with one. It was great. I loved it. And they also, what Barnes & Noble did too, which was incredibly smart, when you think about Barnes & Noble's typical clientele, I think there's a lot of overlap between people who like books and people who like a certain kind of board game, right? And they went out and they got into that. They like, they went out and got a bunch of Euro games and they just got into that whole market. And it was, I've bought many games from Barnes & Noble. In fact, a gift for you guys, I believe. I, I've bought multiple board games for you guys for like gifts from Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderland. Shout out to Barnes & Noble. Hang in there. I feel like I have to say hang in there because <laughs> it's probably a pretty rough time of year, rough time of life for you with, with Amazon. But um, 2021 is going to be a big year for you, Barnes & Noble. Predicting it now, invest while you can. Barnes & Noble stock shooting up. You can probably buy it very low right now too. We're not talking about stocks today. We're not talking about 2021. It's fun to say Happy New Year. We're not going to mention diversifying our portfolios. uh, You just did. So you can all, all the listeners can consider their portfolios diversified, which of course is good for them for reasons that I don't actually really know, but uh, Tectic can explain it to you on a secret segment or something. We have a full slate of news today, not related to financial wizardry. TikTok is going to put out a musical on New Year's. You heard that right. TikTok will be producing and releasing a musical we'll get to that in a few minutes Uh, we also of course need to talk about wonder woman 3 which has been announced and in general just some of the dc offerings that are kind of coming down the pipe uh, in the next couple of years kind of get a a refresher on that i know tactic and nerd bomber have watched wonder woman 1984 i actually haven't yet but they can kind of unpack their experience hopefully in a non-spoilery way Mm -hmm. for my for my benefit and we're also going to be talking about Nintendo. Specifically, it has been revealed <laughs> this week that Nintendo had to, and I quote, politely decline an offer to work with a famous musician. I'm going to say an ignominious, at this point, musician to work on a video game concept that he had come up with. We'll get to that later. Uh, but let's start right now with, with this TikTok musical. So I've never seen Ratatouille. I'm what? a Pixar fan. We're going to be talking about Pixar later as well. You've never seen Ratatouille? 
never saw Ratatouille. And, and this is this is one of those things. I've I've had this conversation. I've probably had this conversation with you, and we're just revisiting it. But I've had this conversation with plenty of people who are act like I killed the, you know their firstborn child, not being a Pixar fan and not having seen Ratatouille. I just, I, I never got around to it. Um, this one I just fell through the cracks for some reason. But TikTok will be putting out a one night Ratatouille musical, which is going to be streaming on today. Tix is going to be streaming this this musical, which Ratatouille is not a musical. Let's not gloss over that. They've musicalified it uh, and put it on TikTok and gotten quite a few people involved who you would know. So Titus Burgess, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, the mm-hmm. guy from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and many other things, will be playing Remy, who, as I understand it, is the main character, previously played by Pat Oswalt. Uh, we also have Wayne Brady, who I absolutely love. Don't really know what Wayne Brady gets up to on any given day, except for like Who's Line, but he'll be appearing as Django. The uh, other bigger person you'll recognize is uh, Adam Lambert as Emil. Now, again, these names, the names of the actual people mean something to me. The names of the characters mean nothing to me, but I do know that Adam Lambert can sing, which makes him well-suited for a Ratatouille musical. This has been at least implicitly endorsed by Disney, implicitly endorsed by Pat Oswalt, and it may be in large part because all proceeds are going to be benefiting the Actors Fund. Very interesting project. So I, I want to get your guys' takes on this. I mean, I don't even know. I'm not sure any of us use TikTok. Uh, we're, we're old. We're not very young. We're not very cool, as Nurbamari already said earlier <laughs> when she goes to Barnes & Noble on Fridays. My girlfriend is a pretty extreme TikTok user. She doesn't actually make TikToks, but she watches it pretty much every day. But just, I guess, a general sense of the idea. I mean, Nurbamari, good idea, bad idea. I interested, not interested. Absolutely love this idea. And one of the things that actually makes me love this idea more than I already do, I mean, a Ratatouille musical, I mean, first of all, that is just great. And I love it. And I love the idea of it. And the cast is phenomenal. So I'm really excited about it. But I really like the origin story of this, too, because I believe a TikToker actually wrote um, an initial version of one of the songs, basically a Ratatouille song. And I think it a music producer took that and made another TikTok, basically expanding on that and turning it into like a full production song. And essentially, that's what sparked this entire thing. It was just a fan making a Ratatouille song, which is incredible. They've turned this thing into an entire musical. And I honestly think that Ratatouille will be a really fun way. Like, it'll be super fun to watch a musical version of this. And I really like the idea of TikTok using its platform to make something like this. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding TikTok and whether it'll even exist in the near future because of all right. of the government regulation stuff. But I think taking a platform that's so big and doing a one-time only event like this for charity, I think is such a great idea. And it's a really neat idea. And I'm totally on board for this. I don't know. Like, I'm a little disappointed because I don't think I'll be able to watch it during the time that like that date, I don't think I'll just have time to do that. So I'm hoping that maybe there's another way we can watch it after the fact and still have it, all the proceeds be donated to charity. I would love that. But I think it's a really cool idea. And I'm really excited about this. Tactic, what about you? I mean, I've been saying it all year. I love any kind of positive vibes, positivity, get people involved, bring people just enjoyment now more than ever. So it might not seem like something that the public just necessarily wanted or asked for but it's something that i'm always for giving to the public and that that again people can always use positivity and it is something that we all didn't know we needed but we need right so to answer nerd bomber what nerd bomber said this will be streaming uh live on january 1st that's new year's day at 7 p.m eastern standard time ticket prices range from five to fifty dollars i don't know why that range exists i don't know what you get with the higher tier yeah that i'm a little confused about (laughs) i I did see that range and i was like why there's a slew of cameramen at different distances from where they're performing (laughs) it's a very large how far away you get to sit (laughs) yeah i would i would presume that there's some kind of like behind the scenes content. I have no idea. You'd have to get something. Maybe there's like swag that you get sent or like a ticket stub or some, some kind of thing to commemorate the event. Like if you donate $50 and I mean, I'm sure some people will donate $50 out of their own heart, but it's also like a tough time for people. So if people are shelling out $50 to watch this thing, I'm hoping there's, they get some kind of commemorative item or something like that or behind the scenes access. 
Well, the good news for you, uh, you mentioned you wouldn't be free at that time. It will be available on demand for 72 hours after. I don't know what the pricing is like for that either. I didn't exactly come armed to the teeth with details, if you if you couldn't tell. Uh, I am going to Today Takes' website right now to see what see if I can get the, the straight dope on this, but it's struggling to load, perhaps because they're having... They're having a lot of traffic because of the Ratatouille musical. People getting getting all hyped. Yeah, I did. Well, they show all the prices here. It's actually five dollars to a hundred dollars. Uh, the initial article I clicked was incorrect. It just says contribute what you can. Five dollars each. Contribute what you can. Twenty dollars each, and then just contribute what you can all the way up to a hundred dollars each. I guess it's you can just decide how good of a person you are. I guess. <laughs> I, I would think there would have to be more to it than that, but maybe um. Maybe I'm wrong. In any case, my touch point for this, I want to just mention a bright spot in 2020. You know, Tech Deck, you mentioned positivity. Something really cool. I might have mentioned it on the show. I doubt it because it wasn't a huge deal. But many months ago, probably April, May time, back when the pandemic was really, you know, in full swing and, you know, we were still, most of us on lockdown. I actually think it might have been the Actors Fund. Some organization did this exercise and the broad strokes of it was, you have to write an entire musical in one song. And this wasn't like, you know, write a Ratatouille musical in one song. It was write an original musical in one song. And a couple of content creators, I think themselves involved in the theater industry, wrote this thing, this song, and they got Jake Gyllenhaal, who I absolutely love. Those people who listen to the podcast should know that. They got him to sing it and perform it just by himself in a room, on a you know just sitting in front of his computer i think is what he did and it was a song about how two people develop kind of this unspoken friendship uh because their windows face each other and they're stuck at home during the pandemic and you know it wasn't particularly produced you know i think it might have just been a piano track underneath him and he was singing and you know acting in as much as you can while you're singing a song and it was just electric and and not just because i like jake gyllenhaal but it was just a really cool thing and you know it was remotely done it was, like I said, the production values weren't incredibly high. It was just a cool thing that I think just went up on YouTube and everyone could watch it and be involved in it and just say, wow, that's really cool that these people created this. And, you know, there was no financial implication there. There is one here, but the long story short is that's what we're trying to get out of this, right? That's what the Ratatouille musical can provide to people, especially people who have seen the movie like you, Nerd Bomber, and who are particularly excited about the idea. I am. I haven't seen the movie. Maybe I will watch in the next few days. You know, I have a lot of downtime in this time of year and then maybe i'll catch the musical but it does seem like a really cool idea my question to you guys kind of in the intro i i tend to wrap up topics like this a lot and i'm aware of that but i don't care if you could take one musical put it on tiktok and i guess if you want cast it what musical are you putting on tiktok could be beauty and the beast could be little shop of horrors could be book of mormon it's a very on the spot question i'm aware but i just recently saw chicago have you guys seen chicago Oh, yeah. Chicago is a classic. Chicago was pretty dang good. How did you just recently <laughs> see it? Uh, it's another one that I missed, and my girlfriend's a big fan of it. I would TikTok the crap out of La La Land, by the way, which is one of my favorite musical movies ever. And I'm, I would cer- I'm certain I would recast it. I don't know who I would recast, but I love the entire vibe of La La Land. I think it could do well on TikTok. It's an interesting thing, right? You have to figure out, you know, there's, there's musicals with these big set pieces and you can't, when you're watching a TikTok, you're watching a phone screen. That's the way it works. So I don't know. I mean, any any thoughts? I know this is on the spot, but I'm just trying to think about whether this medium has a life beyond Ratatouille the musical. Stage show. I mean, there's a lot of potential for these, not even just musicals. You could put entire plays on TikTok. That might even make more sense. I'm racking my brain trying to think. I feel like it would be really interesting to see more things like Ratatouille. Like there was some music in Ratatouille, but like I wouldn't necessarily call it a straight up musical. And I feel like taking a movie that isn't already a musical is something that I would love to see, like something like Coco or something like that, where you basically remove the animation portion of it and make it more of a musical aspect and slap it on TikTok. I think that would be really interesting because it gives that kind of thing. And why Ratatouille is exciting is because there isn't already a musical version. I can't just go on YouTube or something or Netflix and find a musical adaptation of something right. that I want to see. And this is something unique. So I would love to see something more like that. I think Coco would be a really good one because that already has a phenomenal soundtrack. And I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of really good set pieces, but I think you can pull off the emotional gravity of that movie through songs and music, just doing normal TikTok videos. Well, so ironically, it, I, I like the Pixar route that you've got. I mean, 
pick another Pixar movie, like we are going to be talking about Soul later. I keep teasing it, but that's just because I know that all three of us have seen it. That's a strong candidate. That that's not a musical, but music similar to Coco, music is tied into the story in a big way, mm-hmm. and I can imagine it being done in the right way, where musicalifying it, putting it on TikTok, could be uh, could be successful. Toy Story had a lot of Randy Newman, but I don't know how Toy Story. I guess you would have live actors playing the toys, which would be particularly interesting. But, but honestly, the, I mean, that's not unheard of. I mean, look at a lot of the musicals that you see on Broadway that were adapted. I mean, The Lion King. Little Mermaid. Li- and Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like, you look at those original movies and those had no practically no humans. I mean, Little Mermaid had more, but I mean, The Lion King had zero humans in that and they managed to turn that into a musical. So I think it can be done. I was in production in a production of Beauty and the Beast in high school and in one scene, I played a spoon. Spoons aren't alive, but there I was playing one. Best Granted, spoon I was just there. in the chorus. Yeah, spoons spoons aren't alive. That's that's the main takeaway here. But yeah, th- this is a cool idea. We want to know what you think of this. You know, are you planning on watching Ratatouille the musical? What other Pixar movie or already existing musical or just any movie or story in general do you want to see put in a musical form and put on TikTok? Tell us over at at Online Warriors One, our main show account on Twitter. We also have at OW of the Lady Six. That's me. At OW Tactic, that's Tactic, and at OW Nerd Bomber, which of course is Nerd Bomber. Let us know what you think about this idea and keep your eyes out for the Ratatouille TikTok musical on January 1st. Let's shift gears here. Let's actually go to the Nintendo story first because I'm really excited to talk about this. <laughs> I don't particularly understand. I'm, I'm going to start by saying that apparently what happened was Kanye West approached then president of Nintendo of America, Reg- I'm going to try and pronounce this name correctly, Reggie Phil's AIM. It's F-I-L-S-A-I-M-E. Pronounce it whatever way you like. And he had to politely decline an offer from Kanye West to work on a video game concept because of the amount of other projects that were currently in development at the company. Now, allegedly, he might have also turned it down because it was insane. <laughs> Just I mean, we bit. should, we sh- yeah, we, sh- we should dive into this. I mean, let's, Let's take out a proverbial blank piece of paper and sketch out what Kanye West's video game concept was. You know, was he in Paris? Um, no, I think he... it would be a biographical game that is way more dramatized of his life than it really actually was. That's what I think it is. Well, apparently, I, it... I know back in 2015, I want to say, he had actually talked about working on a game and he wanted to make a game that was like you would play his mother or guide his mother or something and basically take her to heaven by holding her up in in light or something like that i don't really remember i should probably pull an article up i remember reading when i I was doing some background research for this this came up and i was like oh yeah i remember that it doesn't yeah the game is titled only one and you have to guide his mother donda to the highest gates of heaven by holding her to the light it doesn't yeah, seem that's... very nintendo-y is is my big issue and i guess that's that's too much of a blanket statement like i know nintendo has some darker properties and whatnot but it just doesn't seem very nintendo-y maybe that's just me. i think it i think it might have just been an idea for an indie game where he you have to direct a p stream onto a onto a grammy remember when he peed on his grammys oh yeah kanye man I mean, it could be you have to draw. He's on a motorcycle with Kim Kardashian, you know, looking the way Kim Kardashian does, and you have to drive through scenes. Did you guys ever watch that music video, Bound Two? No. Uh, he's on a music. He's on a motorcycle. <laughs> he's driving a motorcycle. I'll paint a picture for you. He's driving a motorcycle that is moving in such a way. Parents at home who are listening, put the kids to bed for this next part. Kim Kardashian's on the motorcycle, and she and they're facing each other, and the motorcycle is moving in such a way that it it borderline simulates sex. And that's the entire music video. It's just him riding a motorcycle, occasionally rapping. It's a pretty good song for what it's worth. But maybe he's on a motorcycle. Maybe he's in Paris. Maybe it's like the Daft Punk universe, you know? Maybe it's like a Tron situation where you play as a character who is not just harder, not just better, not just faster, but also stronger. There are a lot of possibilities. I see what you did there. But I think it's interesting, and you mentioned this, Nerd Bomber, that he would go to Nintendo. Like... Nintendo is out of the three, the big three video game companies. They're probably the one that's the most concerned with like their image, keeping it G, keeping it G rated. You know, you know, we we talked a while back about what didn't like some Pokemon fan have a tattoo of a Pokemon and also like had an OnlyFans account. Oh yeah, and they sued her and made her 
basically take all of that down or something like that and make disclaimers. Right. Kanye West does not seem to align with Nintendo's image. And like I said, I, this, this former president of, of the company is coming forward basically saying, we didn't have the, ba- the bandwidth for it. I don't know if that's the entire story. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it was the entire story. But you have to think about it, right? I mean, you have to think about maybe he was coming, f- maybe the idea was brilliant. Like, we should give Kanye a little bit of credit. Maybe it was, you know, the rap version of Guitar Hero or the hip hop version of Guitar Hero. Honestly, that which, would be so would be fun. Really cool. Yeah, which would be really, really cool. You know, maybe it, it was, maybe it was like something like Beat Saber or something that just, that had all of his music pre-licensed for it. Like it could have been a really good idea. And unfortunately we might not ever know, but I don't know. I I don't want to make light of of Kanye's issues because he clearly has some. Well, I mean, I think he's obviously a very brilliant creator. He obviously, like you said, has some issues and whatnot, but in terms of the art that he creates, whether it be music or even shoes, I mean, everything that he seems to do is generally speaking, well-received for the most part. I do not... I do not love the Yeezys, but I think that's because I don't have a strong grip on just like fashion in general. To me, they look like just very strange, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that if you're a Yeezy owner out there. Hit me up. I think that's definitely like a sneakerhead type thing. And I am not. I have like, I think I have basically like three styles of sneakers that I wear, like one for going to the gym. I have like workout sneakers and running shoes. And then I have like everyday palin around sneakers and they each of those i try to like basically they are kind of look the same like i'll get new shoes when i need to right. but they don't drastically look crazy or different or anything like that so i don't think i appreciate the sneakerhead culture to understand yeezys enough do we but well, yeah do we know what the occasion for yeezys is i assume it's just like kind of walking around i think it is i but... think it's just like a fashion sneaker i don't i definitely don't think you're supposed to like run or work out in them or even just right. collectible but i, I mean, mean i'm just i'm thinking I'm just thinking back like you were talking about how great Kanye is as a creator like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is like widely regarded as like top 10 albums of all time by a lot of people like the best hip-hop album ever I've never been the biggest Kanye fan well I I don't want to put put forward the wrong image like I know a lot of his hits but I don't really know a lot of his deep tracks but yeah clearly a very gifted creator maybe like I said maybe he could have come out with a really great video game I think what would be interesting to see from him so a lot of the albums that he has, like not all of the songs are linked together, but there's like subtle things that tie them together. And I think if he turned one of his albums into a background story, essentially for a game and almost like track by track, you played a chapter and like it somehow related to a chapter of the game or a mission of the game. I think that could be really cool. I just, if you're listening, Kanye, this is just like a, I don't understand why he went to Nintendo. And obviously Nintendo is one of the biggest names, but I think something like that screams definitely more adult. And not that Nintendo is not an adult brand by any it means, but it jives with his kids' age. Well, you, you raise a very interesting point. I mean, you know, look at look at Pink Floyd's The Wall, right? Like the, it's it's an album that again, a lot of people consider it like top ten albums of all time. And it is the songs are connected. It's supposed to tell a cohesive story to the point that I believe there was like kind of a movie made out of it. I should know better than I do, but I believe there was like a musical or some kind of extended story. And to my knowledge, someone may prove me wrong, but to my knowledge, there isn't a musical artist out there who has said, I'm going to, you know, create this album and it's, it's going to provide the basis of a story that would then translate into a video game. It's a very cool, like multimedia project idea. I want, the only video I want game someone out music, there to do it. Someone please do it. Do it. So the, the only musician associated video game that i can think of and i'm gonna google it right now y'all remember 50 cent uh oh yeah is that i'm not game? a hip-hop fan i'm not a rap fan but 50 cent came out with two video games guys the fighting cent game, bulletproof right? in 2005 like that blood on the sand might be what you're thinking of although i think blood on the sand was a shooting game that was 2009 uh it's a third person shooter sequel to 50 percent 50 cent i almost said 50 percent 50 cent bulletproof which came out in 2005 now to be perfectly clear i don't think these games were any good i'm looking at wikipedia and it says but on the same was actually positively received uh with praise directed at 50 cents involvement but it was a commercial failure and it actually led to the closure of the studio that made it <laughs> so not the situation you want to be in but I, I there don't was a wonder. Def Jam and, uh, game though. There was like a an entire Def, Def Jam series of games where I'm trying to remember. Yeah, but fight like, for New York. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it had like Little Kim, Snoop Dogg, Ice T, I think Exhibit and Ludacris. Like those were all people in it. And I don't remember what 
the game point was. I think it was, I honestly have no idea, honestly. I think it was like an adventure game, but you were also a rapper. And yeah, I remember all the Def Jam games and I remember playing at least one of them and it was actually really, really good. But that was back in like the PlayStation 2 era. And I don't know why they haven't made anything since then. Maybe they have. I don't know. This is this is actually very interesting. So it, I did not know about this, but Wikipedia has one of those category pages of, you know, it's actually the title is Musician Video Games. There's a there's a Journey video game, you know, the band Journey from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Spice Girls video game called Spice World. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. There was also a movie. Is, I think because that was like loosely based off the movie, <laughs> the Spice Girls movie. There's a there looks like it appears to be a Kiss game called Psycho Circus, The Nightmare Child. And it's a first person shooter video game that is... I don't know, I guess based on the music of, of KISS. There's actually a, a fair number. There's a Wu-Tang game. There's quite a few of these games, more more than you would than you would think. But uh, still, like I wouldn't say, we're not thinking of it. I mean, I guess Def Jam, it sounds like, was a moderate success, but it seems like a lot of these were failures, and it's, it leads me to wonder why it doesn't work. Because it seems, the pay, the idea on paper isn't bad, right? It seems like it should work. If anything, you're you're drawing your fandom as a popular musician to to buy this video game which is going to make you more money but maybe that's a you know that business plan is kind of kind of finger painted by me i don't really know i honestly i feel like part of the reason we don't see that kind of stuff anymore is do you remember like all of the licensed games that we used to get especially back in like the playstation 2 and gamecube era like every movie or tv show or like def jam stuff like there were so many licensed video games and i feel like we don't really get those anymore we have a bunch of like original franchise ips that keep going forever and ever but you don't really see a ton of it's true like licensed video games i mean every now and then like even like the pixar movies there used to be a video game for every new disney movie that would come out and the toy story don't get that anymore the toy story computer game that was just a tie-in with the movie was i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking like pc games like there, I agree. There's not a lot of tie, like exclusively tie-in games that are just kind of like side along with some other product. Doesn't happen as much anymore. And I'm also not sure I'm necessarily saying they should come back. But it's interesting that they're gone. I, I guess I'll leave it at that for now. But who knows what this Kanye game would have been? To get back to the main point, we'll probably never know. Uh, or he might tweet it tomorrow. It's that's just kind of how these how these sorts of things go. So we are going to now uh, head to our ad break. But before we do. I want to shout out our Patreon producer, Ben Checkness, who has taken us all the way to the end of 2020. We appreciate you, Ben. Ben's been a supporter of ours for a while now, ranging back to far before 2020 started. And he supports us at the night level. And as a result, he gets the producer credit. He gets a shout out in every episode, just like this one. Uh, he gets input into our weekly game segment. And uh, he also gets access, of course, to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the occasional guest spot on the show. If you want to be like Ben... The night level is the one for you, but you can also support us at the Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, or the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. The details on all of those levels are available over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. We would super appreciate the support. It's our supporters who make this show possible. We want to thank them again, in addition to Ben. And uh, yeah, check us out on Patreon. Thanks again to Ben. And uh, we're going to take a quick ad break to shout out FedEx and we'll be right back. A new year brings a new beginning. For all of our listeners that own a business, uh, we want to tell you about FedEx Office. Now, FedEx, uh, recent touch point for me with FedEx, just watched the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. And he's a FedEx employee, for those who haven't seen that movie. And uh, I guess it doesn't paint them in a super great light, <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, that one of their planes crashed. But they help they help out Tom Hanks in the end, and uh, they're a great company. They wind, up, they wind up delivering one of the packages that crashes in the plane with Tom Hanks, so shout out to FedEx. Um, of course, in the holiday season, too, FedEx has uh, really, really been going hard, so we appreciate everything they do. But I, we do want to talk about FedEx Office. So, uh, again, if you are just starting or have been running your company for generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, graphics, and so much more. With FedEx, creating, editing, saving, and ordering are fast and easy. And we are teaming up with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more at podgo.co slash FedEx. That's podgo.co slash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx, the world on time. We are back to talk a little bit about the DC 
universe. I guess, it, is it the DC Extended Universe? I always get that confused. There's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then there's just the DC Universe. I think it's technically DCEU, but now they're calling them DC Films, so I don't really know. <laughs> they change it so they, much. Yeah, they can't even seem to land on that correctly. But um, there's, there's a few things to unpack here. So, of course, you know, HBO Max is going to be rolling out Warner Brothers properties next year, pretty much in their entirety. And I believe DC is 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 a part of that. Wonder Woman 3 has been announced, but that's certainly farther off than next year. And in that interim, who knows how the HBO plans will change. But uh, Wonder Woman 3 is in development. Warner Brothers is confirming uh, with director Patty Jenkins and star Gal Gadot set to return. Now, I have not seen 1984 yet. It doesn't surprise me that apparently Wonder Woman did not die. So not much of a spoiler, <laughs> you know. Um, well, I mean, you knew she didn't if you had yeah, any Justice League information because obviously justice league happened well after and even batman versus superman that all happened after 1984 yeah i unfortunately have plenty of experience with justice league so yeah again no 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 real spoilers to speak of there now now, yeah again don't get spoilery but you guys have experienced 1984 it seems like you feel some kind of way about it so I'll, i'll i'll pass you the floor to kind of talk about that talk about you know what it what kind of future it portends for for the DC Extended Universe? So I have seen a lot of different reviews about Wonder Woman 1984. And a lot of people, especially on Twitter, have been like railing on the movie and saying it's absolutely horrible, terrible representation of the character. And I disagree. I think that assessment of the movie is a little overblown. It definitely was not as good as the first movie. That is one of the things that I'll start off by saying. Definitely not as good. Uh, Yeah, extremely high bar. bar. And I don't think we ever see sequels really live up to the original entry in any kind of franchise. And honestly, like, it wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't great. It was kind of in that middling area where it was still really fun and entertaining to watch, but there were a ton of plot holes and things that if they would have just tweaked slightly or even smoothed out and removed altogether, I think the movie would have been a much better experience. That said, I'm not surprised that there's another sequel greenlit here. I really don't think that I could see Gal Gadot or Patty Jenkins being removed from the series because I do think they are part of the magic that makes Wonder Woman at least stand apart from a lot of the other DC properties at the moment. Um, that said, like I said, there's there's the things about the movie that I didn't especially like were probably A, it was a little bit long. I don't know if it needed to be a two and a half hour movie. I think there were some things that could have been trimmed out from this is probably me and Tactic being too critical from an aerospace slash engineering nerd standpoint. There were some things that just physically didn't seem to make sense to us. And I'm sure we'll do a spoiler cast or something like that. Or maybe that can be your secret segment or something after Illegal has watched the movie. There are just a few things that could have been done in a better way that the way that they portrayed things unfolding in the movie just seemed like a more complicated and overdone way to carry out the same plot points and i feel like i could have and not me i don't know me personally but i feel like it could have been done in a better way and like i said not a terrible movie just not as good as i hoped it to be and i think it could have been better but i don't hate it and there are a ton of people that i see saying like this is terrible two thumbs down don't watch this major disappointment and i disagree with that i think that it was fun but there were definitely areas of improvement Tactic, what did yeah, you I, think? Yeah, I, well, I, sorry. I just want to say I heard, I, I'm watching it tonight, literally. So I probably appreciate not spoiling anything. I heard that Kristen Wiig is good. Tactic, confirm or deny? I think she she does very well in this movie. Okay, I'll turn it over to you then. That's the only thing I've really heard concretely either way. My biggest thing, and these are non-spoilery things, is either it was intended to make the special effects slash prop execution representative of that in 1984, which... Hey, good on you then oh if boy. that was if that's what you were intended. <laughs> or it was just done poorly. And I'm going to point something out that I want you to look out for. There's a scene where she grabs a child and you can very much tell that that child is a doll in her arms in this scene. And it is really poorly executed. The CGI in a, in a lot of cases looks like it took place very much earlier than 2020, I will tell you that now. And it's it's marginally disconcerting. And then the last thing is, 
I am convinced that Chris Pine is also a superhero because when he's up in the air, he does not need oxygen. That is all I'm saying. (laughs) I will say from this CGI standpoint, it did look it didn't look great. But I kind of I gave it a little bit of a pass because I don't know how much of this post-production happened in a work from home environment. And maybe this is just the 2020 in me. But I feel like this year, especially like stuff like kind of janky CGI, I just kind of was like, oh, well, I don't know how like I don't know how much of this was produced with someone, you know, watching their three kids doing online schooling while they were trying to make this look better. So for that reason, like I'm sure in 10 years or so, when people look back and compare that to other movies in 2020, especially like early 2020 before pandemic hit, it's going to look really janky and it did look really janky, but maybe this is just me, but I personally tended to give that a little bit of a pass just because the weird situation that I'm sure the post-production happened in this movie. But if you remove it from the context of the year, it did look really janky in some parts, like really janky. And it, it looked like it was could have been a wink to the old Wonder Woman flying scenes were like the original, like when it was on television back in the Dizzy, talking 80s. And it could have been a wink towards that, or it could have been just lazy editing. And I just don't know. So first of all, you guys are really hyping the crap out of this. Uh, I appreciate that. My... Even on top of that, my perspective going in, just a brief aside, I had planned to have already watched the movie before now. Went to watch it on HBO Max on a fire stick and couldn't get it to work. So <laughs> I'm hoping that changes tonight because we haven't really changed our AV setup. We're kind of just hoping there was it was solar flares or something. But I, it seems to be doing very well. It, Wonder Woman 1984 has brought in $36.1 million from 42 markets this weekend, bringing the worldwide tally to $85 million, you know, considering the, cir- the circumstances in the pandemic. That certainly seems very good. So people are watching it and I will be among those people. But we can kind of broaden this discussion to, you know, beyond the scope of Wonder Woman 1984 and also Wonder Woman 3 and just talk about the slate that, you know, Warner Brothers has announced it will expand its DC Films line into starting in 2022. Uh, They're planning on putting four films in theaters every year, two exclusive to HBO Max and uh, some TV spinoffs in the works as well. So I'm just going to read this list really quick. Of course, you already know about the Matt Reeves directed Batman film. Uh, Flashpoint we've talked about before. Yeah, I Black that. Adam we've known about for a while with with The Rock. Shazam, the sequel to Shazam, Shazam Fury of the Gods. But also in the works, seemingly a little bit less uh, on solid ground, but nonetheless in the works. Green, La- Green Lantern's core movie, Batgirl, Static, Nightwing, New Gods, and ter- apparently maybe even a Blackhawks movie. Uh, these are all purportedly in stages of pre-development. I also didn't mention an Aquaman sequel. So there's a lot going on. I will say, right before we started to try watching Wonder Woman, I kind of wanted to get in a DC mood, and I watched the trailer for the Batman that we got earlier this year and we talked about on the podcast. That is aged like a fine wine. I'm really excited about that. I watched the trailer and thought, yes, I want to. I, I think I'm just ready for Batman again, is what it is. But beyond that, you know, I don't know a whole lot. And this this is kind of a, a trend now. We're seeing it with Disney, and it seems like now we're seeing it with DC. There's a lot being promised, you know. This industry can't work effectively right now. There's a lot being promised. It could be an absolute nirvana for the next few years for for comic book fans and, and for movie fans in general. But I guess, you know, Tactic, you're a resident comic guy. Any takeaways from this other than just absolute excitement? I didn't mention Suicide Squad either, which is already basically done. That's coming out, I think, next year. There's a lot to unpack. You know, what, what are you most excited? I, I assume it's Flashpoint, but I guess maybe something else that you're particularly interested in i mean i've i've waxed poetic about the animated movie flashpoint and that's in 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 that is why i'm kind of nervous dc has done a fantastic job on its animated feature-length films and time and time again dc the cinematic side of it has just dropped the ball and i'm nervous that they won't live up to that same level that the animated movies have kind of held that bar to and so I'm of the mindset of cautiously optimistic, but to that point, we are getting an opportunity to see, you know, some of the ones that are from my childhood, like Static Shock, and um, people are going to learn about more of the Green Corpse, which is exciting. Everyone, I mean, I was telling my, my nephew that there's more than just the Green Lantern. There's all sorts of colors, and he got super excited. So, I'm excited to to let people know that there's more than just green and and the yellow Sinestro out there. And 
what kind of world that opens up. But at the same time, there's always that cautious optimism. Well, you know, and Flashpoint is really, you know, for lack of a better term, a Flashpoint for all of this in that, you It's know, supposed Warner to Brothers... be very dark, too. So they cannot have it be tongue-in-cheek lighthearted. And they're trying to set up this this multiverse, but according to the article I have in front of me, which is from Polygon, you know, they're only wanting to connect these movies when it makes sense and when they want to. So, you know, of course, we talked about Flashpoint, which is going to have Michael Keaton, Batman, and Ben Affleck, Batman, and it's going to introduce this multiverse theory in, in, in some way, as MCU has already done. Just I'm telling you, he's going to be Thomas Wayne. Everyone was like, no, no, he's going to be Batman. No, he's going to be Thomas Wayne, well, not Bruce, Thomas. We'll see. I, that your, your prediction, once again, is noted. But it's going to be interesting to see whether they are actually choosy about that multiverse and whether whether only certain things interact or whether it does become kind of this immense pool of just, okay, everything's in one big pot and there's 16 Earths, but we have to be keeping track of all of them. I certainly hope that's not the case. But a lot is coming from DC. That That's, that's kind of the takeaway here. Good to hear your guys' thoughts on Wonder Woman. I will be watching tonight. Wonder Woman 3 is coming and, and so is all this other stuff. So that brings us to what are you up to Wednesday? And I know what we've teased it a couple of times. I'm going to start... Um, and just start by saying, uh, I watched Soul, which was pick, uh, Disney Plus's Christmas release. This was free. It was not an additional charge like Mulan was. Of course, it's Disney Pixar, so you expect kind of this heartstring-pulling thing with beautiful animation. I want to tell you why it wasn't as good as other Pixar movies, and I think Nerdbomber will take over and tell me that I'm wrong. Let's just follow that format. I'm a soundtrack guy. I'm going to start with the lowest hanging fruit for me, which is the soundtrack was not good. Pete Docter got rid of Michael G- Giacchino. Um, who he's used for his past like four or five movies, and I just don't know why he did it. He went out and got Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are known for various things such as Social Network, but uh, it didn't fit. The jazz stuff was okay, but the actual scoring was, for me, really subpar. Past that point, things are going to get spoilery. So if you haven't seen it yet, I guess just kind of check out for a minute or two. Fast forward a minute or two. I did not like the ending at all. Uh, I thought the ending was bad. I didn't understand the emotional climax it wasn't nearly as accessible as inside out which the two movies are completely comparable by by the way in my opinion they're very very similar nerd bomber thinks soul is better i think inside out is better two schools of thought different strokes for different folks the whole the helicopter leaf thing he has all these objects in his pocket right why is the helicopter leaf the one that he picks and the one that apparently unlocks you know freeze 22 from her you know Whatever that darkness was called, I can't remember off the top of my head now. This is a very easy. This is a very easy question for me to answer. Um, Go ahead, by, by all means. For for this specific point, and I have rebuttals for all of your other points, but for this specific point, um, I'm the, sure you do. <laughs> the helicopter leaf comes down right as twenty two is starting to realize she's sitting on the stoop. She's looking around. Up until this moment, she's just kind of a tourist, and she's still ready to go back to the was the U seminar, and. She is finally looking around and appreciating the earth. And this is the the final thing that lands in her hand. And she's like, I don't want to leave. It was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that made her ready to come back to earth. So it signified the exact moment when her little badge got completely filled in. I like the message. Like, like I, I, I like the idea that your passion doesn't have to be your purpose. And that's, you know, that's that's the kind of teachable moment. For me, it's just, it, it might be as simple as different strokes for different folks. I mean, Inside Out literally made Would you me want him to bring cry. a pizza? Soul did not even come close to making me cry. It, it, it was a thinker for sure. I liked the message. I did not like the kind of deus exy thing at the end where he just, got to, he just got to go back. I get that it's a kid's movie and that it's supposed to have a happy ending, but he made that big, powerful sacrifice and then pretty much right away with no interim, they just said, oh, it's, it's all good, man. So, I just like narratively I hate that. I I think they could have done more to make that more powerful. For example, he had been in a hospital because he went into a coma of sorts and they right. could have had hospitals have all different rooms. So within an earshot he could have heard a baby crying. Let let's say if that's how it ended and then he would have known, you know, that was 22. And I think that would have had a little bit more. Yeah, making him be like her almost like life mentor. No, no, no. He would just kind of, it would just be like a smile. He wouldn't mentor her or anything like that. He would just know, you know, she she made it. You know, it was kind of a a reaffirmation of, you know, the the closing the loop, so to speak. I think that could have had more power if they did it that way. But I, I also think that 
he was never supposed to you know die i think it was supposed to be this coma toast thing and and that's just how he perceived this state of limbo and so i like the way i don't think it was a deus ex kind of turnout I, I think that's the way it should have gone and, and i concurred with that i think they could have done it better but i concur with the way that it was done and, and then i think part of it for me too is it just it was very abrupt it was just oh okay it's over it, it happened so quickly and well, that's why I'm saying they right. could have ended it with a nice smile and really kind of put a nice right. pretty bow on there personally. The other thing I heard you mention Inside Out, and I, and I think that's a great example of a comparative movie simply because each movie is geared to a different audience, in my opinion. Sure. And they're both, they're both very internally driven, but they're one's about emotion and one's about, I don't know, I guess, conscience, soul, just existing. And me personally, I can't put a finger as to why, but I just did not gravitate to Inside Out. I can kind of help you put a finger to that because I also, I I didn't dislike Inside Out, but I thought it was an extremely overrated movie. And it was probably the one Pixar movie I actually don't find to be super great. And part of that is I, I can go into my diatribe here a little bit into why I liked Soul so much better, in my opinion. Inside Out, and it, it all comes down to what kind of movie you like and what resonates with you personally. So I don't really think there's a wrong answer whether you like Soul or didn't like Soul or liked Inside Out and didn't like Inside Out. But with Inside Out, the main character is arguably the little girl. I don't even remember her name because I've watched Inside Out so long ago at this point. And I don't remember either. I want to say Ellie, but that's the character from Up and that's definitely not right. So You don't really get to know the main character you basically learn her through all of these little sub characters in her consciousness so i never felt a connection to that little girl and additionally i always felt like inside out was super predictable you know from the get-go that okay they're trying to suppress sadness and obviously that's not going to work out because all of the ranges of emotions are needed and it was a great lesson for kids to learn however soul was a very adult-oriented movie, in my opinion. It was a kid's movie in that it was Pixar and animated, but I feel like it kind of stopped there. Soul was much more adult-oriented. I liked that we were more connected to the character because you're not viewing the main character through the lens of these other little characters. You're viewing the main character through his own experiences. And I also like that Soul wasn't as predictable as I assumed that it would be. Going into the movie, I mean, you see that he's a teacher, but he thinks his passion is performing. So it kind of does a head fake with you where it's like he's going to discover that his passion really isn't performing, but it's passing on his learnings to the youth. And they even they kind of have you going with that towards the end because he's showing 22 around. But that's not the message of the movie at all. It's, as you said before, that your purpose is to live and to enjoy life and to be present in life. And your passion is not your purpose. And as an adult, and especially in 2020, when everything is so just crazy and up in the air and leaves you with so many questions of, I'm, I'm just sitting around for an entire year. Like, what is the point of this year? What is the point? Like, I'm not doing anything productive, but that's not the point of life, the point is to live. And and so to me, I felt like the message was more adult. It was more on point. I don't, honestly, I feel like if my nephew, who is five, watched this movie with me, I don't think he would understand the point of this movie. And so for me personally, I felt like the messaging was very relevant, both in terms of the time that this movie was released and to me as an adult personally. Because I mean, even like what we do on a day-to-day -day basis are successes and failures. And this is getting really philosophical, but this is the type of stuff Pixar does. Like our successes and failures are not what makes our lives worth living. And to me, I feel like that's more of a profound message than sadness is okay because you need to feel sadness to appreciate your other emotions. I feel like maybe that's just because as an adult, I've already grappled with emotions and the spectrum of emotions. But that was personally just me. And I also didn't really have issues with the score, but that was also me. The other thing that I want to mention is the fact that it might not have seemed like it, but the scene with the barber shop where he got his hair cut and 
he was asking the barber all these questions that instead of just talking about jazz actually showed that he wasn't really living life and rather even though he was pursuing quote-unquote his passion he was really just going through the motions you know go to work go to gig try to get a gig no get a gig go back to work eat sleep and he wasn't taking every day and enjoying and communicating with people he just became this blank slate and then when he had 22 you know interact with this guy the barber he had really seen holy cow i had this i had this quote unquote friend for years and years and i've never once asked him about himself and be present to my world around me in that moment and so that's why i 100% agree with you there nerd bomber so there's a lot to unpack. I mean, you guys both just talked for quite a while. Um, Sorry. We should I move really on, enjoyed this movie. It's completely fine. That's exactly what I wanted. We should move on. But I, so I want to agree with you, Nerbomber, in the sense of this is not, this is maybe Pixar's least children's movie that they've made. This is borderline not a not a kid's movie. And that's uh, why you didn't enjoy it. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, honestly, it might be that I'm, I hate to, I hate to bastardize the phrase young at heart, but like Inside Out did resonate with me in an emotional way that the the message which you mentioned of like, you know, you have to feel sadness in order for happiness to have the power that it has. You know, I I liked that message a lot. I I didn't not like, so like I said, I I liked Soul's message a lot. I guess maybe that, you know, it's hard to decide which one I needed to hear more at the time that I watched the movie. And I, you know, I think at the time I watched Inside Out, I really needed to hear that. And it's it's very situational, right? I will also throw a few attaboys to this movie. You know, it was funny. A lot of the in-jokes about 22's past mentors were funny. And they and again, not a kid's movie. They were petty. Like, yeah, if you there's references to, like, psychologists in there that, yeah, it's... If you're a kid, you would have no idea what's happening there. You would laugh because your right. parents were laughing, but you would have no idea why that was funny. Right. So, so there were, yeah, there were certain, I mean, it... It certainly kept my attention. It certainly, like, I would probably put it, for me, it's a mid-range Pixar. It certainly wasn't bad. It's a mid-range Pixar movie for me. It just, it's as simple as different strokes for different folks. It didn't, it didn't hit me in the way that Inside Out did. And again, at the time that I, that I watched each one. Well, I think that's the cool thing about Pixar movies, too, because there have been Pixar movies in the past that I watched, and I was just like, I mean, every single Pixar movie, I'm one of those, like, diehard Pixar can almost do no wrong. I've enjoyed almost every Pixar movie that I've seen to a degree. Like, even the ones that I don't like as much, I still like. So I don't want it to seem like I was railing on Inside Out because I dislike it. I'm. It was more that I still like it a lot. It just wasn't well, as and- resonating with me as well. But they're all good and depending on where you are in life, if you rewatch some of these Pixar movies, they send a different message or they just, you relate to them differently depending on where you are in your life. And that's the ingenious thing that I've always loved about these Pixar movies is that if you're a kid, you get one takeaway from them. You watch them as an adult, you get a completely different perspective on the movie. And I don't know how they do it, to be quite honest. I really don't. There's... There's a chance that I would watch Soul again tomorrow or a month from now, and it would hit me in a much different way. And by the same token, you know, there's a chance I could watch Inside Out tonight or like oh, another one that Coco didn't get through to me. And that was why it was so popular. I didn't, it just, it wasn't that great to me and everyone loved it. And they might be just, if I watch that tomorrow, I might love it. If I watched Inside Out tomorrow, I might hate it. It's just, you know, it's, well, I wouldn't hate it. I certainly wouldn't hate it, but you get my, you get my point. It's the magic of Disney and Pixar. It really is. You you should go check out uh, Soul if you have Disney Plus. Uh, it's again, it's free. It's, it, there's no upcharge like there was with Mulan. You can watch it right now. Let us know what you thought of it. Where does it rank in your Pixar hierarchy? Who's who's the idiot on on, on the podcast? It's I have a feeling it's going to be me, but I'm I'm willing to take that blow. Let us know what you thought. I will cut the rest of my update short. I just want to mention I'm playing Super Mario All Stars. Uh, 3D All-Stars, I should say. Uh, I have 100 stars exactly in 64. I'm just working all the way through 64 first, trying to get that perfect 120. Right now, I think Rainbow Ride is the bane of my existence. So getting very close. Going to be moving on to Sunshine after that. Very excited for that. But other than that, it's been a nice, relaxing you know, holiday week. Looking forward to, to New Year's. And it's been great. Uh, Tech Tech, what do you have? I'm just going to focus on the... I, I, I think I'm just going to say that I took enough time about the soul rant personally that's fine yeah we we, we did kind of <laughs> wax but i i wanted to i want to tack my video game thing on real, real quick but yeah we did talk about soul for quite a while and you guys also talked about wonder woman so no problem anything to add honestly just enjoying the nice break I'm, I'm still playing assassin's creed valhalla it's still really good it's still really hefty and i still have a lot more to tackle there but 
yeah, just kind of enjoying the nice break, even, you know, stepping away from social media a little bit. You probably, you guys might have noticed that the Online Warriors social media has kind of gone a little bit quiet during this holiday week and Tectic and I are just trying to recharge a little bit. So we'll we'll be back up and at it shortly after the holiday, but just kind of enjoying this nice week off, very quiet and peaceful and relaxing. Right. Good. That brings us to the game, and this is this is an interesting one this week. So we, Tactic will be hosting, and he's put together. Well, I'll let him introduce it. Tactic, what do you have for us today? Game so, wise? be it that we're on the cusp of a new year, I decided to see if you folks at home, as well as Nerd Bomber and Illegal, have actually learned something. So I put together a bunch of repeated questions that has been asked throughout the year, and we're going to see if they can hit the nail on the head if some of these quiz questions actually stuck. So I can already tell you I am still going to suck at these. Yeah, my 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 quiz record this year has been bad, so I feel like I should lose this theoretically, but let's see what happens. Go ahead. I'm going to get right into it. First question. In March, we talked about the PlayStation 2. How many PlayStation 2 game titles were released worldwide? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, who's first? Is it me? Sure. Sure, yeah. Worldwide, um, PlayStation Two titles released worldwide: one thousand three hundred and fifty-seven. I feel like it wasn't that many, but it was definitely a lot. And I'm going to lowball it a little bit and say four hundred, just to give myself a big enough gap. So interestingly enough, you guys flipped the script on this one when this question was originally asked. Illegal had said, I feel like it wasn't that many. They were not churning out that many games at this time. Nerd Bomber had said, I don't know. PS2 has been out for quite some while, and there was a, a long stint before PS3 came out. So I'm going to guess a high number. And ultimately, that won her the question. Today, you flipped it on there. Illegal takes it, and the grand total was 10,035 games. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. Right away, this is a very interesting... Quizception is going great. We, we flipped the script. It's also going great because I got the point, but it also just generally very interesting. Perspectives happen to change for one reason or another. Let's keep going. In January of last year, what year... Oh, we talked about AI. What year did Watson's AI perform on Jeopardy? <sighs> okay. Oh, boy. Uh, Nerd Bomber's first. Well, I mean, Jeopardy, how long has Jeopardy even been on? I'm trying, I don't remember even talking about AIs. As a you're, you're starting, you're starting that <laughs> far back. Well, I think it's all it, 2020. It had to, it had to be the nineties or something, right? So I'm going to say 1990 just to cap off that decade and figure it's got to be sometime. Way, there. way, way, way too early. Uh, this was in the 2000s. I'd virtually guarantee it. I'm going to say 95 to be safe, but it was like, I'm guessing my actual guess is like 2007, but for strategy purposes, I'm going to say 95. So that exact reaction is exactly what happened last time. And illegal got that one as well. Last time it was 2011. You guys were very much adults. That's the same exact thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No problem. just seems to and think that she was like remember. two when, yeah, when Watson was on, she was like two years old. All right. This is going great. Wow. Is, do, I, do I have a good memory? Apparently. Seems that way. I don't even... This is so sad, though, because I don't even remember these questions being asked on the quiz. So <laughs> this Bomber's one... Like, we talked about AI? What the? <laughs> this one happened in April. This was actually hosted by Illegal. So mm. I don't know if that helps you or hurts you or... Either way, well, no, you're not going to get not. another kind of, hey, you guys flip the switch. Flip the, flip the script. So with astrology, what is the total number of professional astrologers in the U.S.? Again, oh, astrology, goodness. not astronomy. Yeah, astrology is yeah. like the uh, the horoscope folks. I actually do. I remember asking this very vividly. There's a number that's in my head, perhaps because I remember it, perhaps just because I don't know. I'm going to say 30,000. It's more than you think. 30,000. I honestly, uh, I do actually remember this quiz, but I don't remember the answer. So I'm going to say one, knowing that that's intentionally not right. So there was a lot of speculation on what exactly those folks do when this question was answered. And legally, you did not learn anything. 
It was a low number. It was 7,000 professional astronomers. Ah, yeah, I don't learn things. All right. Nerdbomber's on the board uh, with her crafty and cagey guess of one. It was a cheap guess, but I'll take it, you know? Get points however you can. Okay. Totally fair guess. In February, we talked about cats. Cats. Why don't you Jack- go to like November? When we can remember things. <laughs> are we talking about like the I, movie I, I made it hard play? on purpose. We're like, talking we... about like the feline species. Okay, not the musical. Good to know. Jaguars have the strongest bite force of all other kitties. Oh, God. Meow. What is yeah, you... that force in pounds? Yeah, you hosted this. I'm pretty sure I, I, had, a, I had a wide miss on this one, but uh, Nerd Bomber's first, so I'll, I'll give her the floor. I feel like this is something absurd, like 100 pounds of bite force. That seems like a lot, but I'm going to do it. I'm literally thinking that's not enough. <sighs> yeah, but like we have barely any bite force and we can rip off our fingers with a carrot. No, not that I should be helping you, but like 20 pounds, 20 pounds. You should not have listened to Nerd Bomber at all. And for oh, the record, you she got me. You nailed this. You you got it exactly right last time. So it it, it appears you're getting dumber. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, go on. The guess yeah, no, that, that you initially right. guessed and hit the nail on the head was two thousand pounds. Oh, God. that's insane. And I, I probably said the Nerd same Bomber, thing you, then. Nerd bomber, you totally faked me. You said a hundred was really high. I don't even. I don't know what force is. <laughs> Gee whiz. There's so many numbers higher than 100. I should, I should have just So we're officially all 200. tied up. It's 2-2. Two, two, yeah. And you got to stop. You guys are like faking each other out. It's getting quite intense. Matter of fact, I'm a little sweaty. So the next one was okay, a question asked. Physical update. No problem. <laughs> in May. The topic was Bob Ross. Good old Bob. Oh, I like Bob Ross. This was fun. And I'm going to ask it the same way that I asked it back then because it was marginally <laughs> confusing. Okay. How many happy little trees and clouds... Did he donate? And by the way, I'm not saying per tree or per cloud. I'm saying each painting was a happy tree and cloud. So each painting had both trees and clouds. I'm just going to say how many oh, paintings just, because that's what yeah, confused the, you guys last time. Yeah. It clearly has a confused nerve bomber again. Is this the last question? I have I have a bunch of buffers. So if you guys both um, bust or whatever. This is my gut instinct. This is a high number. But that was probably my gut instinct the first. I know I got this wrong. And that was my gut instinct the first time. So I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say like not very many. Seven. I feel like he donated more than those. Because I feel like I remember this being everyone that he did on the show or something he donated. I don't know if I'm just making that up or if it's a real memory or I just dreamed that somehow in the last few minutes. Um, But I'm going to say it was like 100 paintings. So it was a stupid high number, and you guys even said, I can't imagine doing anything that many times. It was 30,000. Oh, wow. I should have gone with my gut instinct, and I didn't. So that's a lesson to all you listeners out there. Go with your gut instinct, even if you're an idiot. So tentatively, Nerd Bomber wins the first five. However, I have eight total, so I can keep going. What do you guys think? Keep keep it going. If, If she gets the next one right, we'll call it. But if she gets the next one wrong and I get it right, we'll keep going. So in July, we talked about SpongeBob. How many years has SpongeBob been running? Okay, Nerd Bomber's first. I feel like I should be able to back into this. And I probably did the same thing when it was on. Like, didn't, wasn't there an anniversary recently? I feel like, oh boy, let me think about it. Wasn't it 25 years of SpongeBob? I can't answer that. I'm going to say 25. Okay, she busted. I'm 99% sure that SpongeBob came out in 1999 or 1998. I'm going to be safe to not bust and say 15 years. You are absolutely correct on that. And SpongeBob is 21 years old. Yeah, that one I actually knew. I'm I'm a SpongeBob freak, guys. I probably knew it back then, too. I figured it was in 1995 for whatever reason, so... That would have been 25 years because 2020. So now you just lost your win and it's all tied up. Darn it. Nice job. Tiebreaker question. Final question. Pick whichever one is your best. This in October, we talked about SNL. The longest tenured we cast member 
is Kenan Thompson. How many episodes has he been on according to IMDb? Oh my gosh. This is a great... I'll tell you what, Tactic. You're killing it with these questions. Uh, I'm first. It's a lot. Uh, 600 episodes. Uh, I don't... I feel like it can't be that many. I'm going to say 300. I'm going to half it. It appears Nerd Bomber learned something. It was ah. it was a insanely high number. It was 348 episodes, but it was not 600 high. All right. Get well, me. I, I flew too close. And it's, it's frustrating because I hosted that quiz. I remember looking at that number. Just didn't remember what the number was. Um, to the surprise of no one, Nerd Bomber takes it home. <laughs> Quizception. The, the, the quiz award for 2020 goes to Nerd Bomber. We're thinking we're going to start tracking the wins and losses so we can we can get records. and the, the person We should get like a little record. trophy or something at the end of the year. Yeah. And and I'll be made fun of mercilessly, but it'll be worth it for the <laughs> now, purpose of analytics. Now, I'm just curious because this was a December question. In December, we talked about Keanu Reeves. So now you're going to embarrass me? How old did we say he was? Oh, he's in his 50s. I don't remember <sighs> what it was, but it was like, no, he, no, he's no, he's not. No, he's not. He's 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 like, I'm gonna say 40 because I think he's like 48. I, I, what was your answer, Nerd Bomber? 53. Uh, so neither of you learned anything. I think those were your exact guesses last time. He's 56, guys. 56. Gosh, I, I mean, I was close. <laughs> I remember it was like yeah, 50 your something. guess is good because I think I I thought it was like early 40s, and then you were like, psych, no, he's almost 60, and I was very confused. Well, okay. If that 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 really drove home that Nerbomber's smarter than I am in all things 2020. So I I relinquish that title to her. 2020 has been a heck of a year, both in terms of quizzes and in terms of podcasts and in terms of just the year that it's been. So we thank you all for being on this journey with us as we roll into 2021. We'll be back next week with the same old, same old. Nothing's changing here, really. So we're looking forward to having you. If you are so inclined, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, hit us up on Twitter, which will soon become more active. Uh, on the handles I already mentioned and uh, have a safe, happy and healthy new year. And we'll see you all in 2021. Whoop, whoop.